1: White House press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked to leave the Red Hen restaurant in Lexington, Virginia, by the owner because said owner believed that Sanders was injuring her personal beliefs in the work she had been doing for President Trump. Ms. Sanders quietly left the restaurant without incident. She did tweet out that her removal said more about the owner than about her. But the story obviously has been making news of the fact that it was Sanders and a business owner had asked her to. Believe due to the owner's politics. So, is that legal? Is that right for the owner to do that? Joining me in studio, Eric Orts, professor of legal studies and business ethics here at the Wharton School and co editor of the book, The Moral Responsibility of Firms. And joining us on the phone, Elizabeth Sepper, who is law professor at Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. Eric, great seeing you again as always. Great to be here. Elizabeth, great to have you with us.
0: Thanks for having
1: me. Thank you very much. So uh, a lot of this, Liz, really does play into some of the stories we've been talking about lately and in part the recent uh, court case that the Supreme Court ruled on uh, in terms of the reaction to a business owner making a decision to serve or not serve an individual due to their personal beliefs.
0: Yes, Uh We are in a time where refusal of service in public accommodations is a big issue, whether on race, sexual orientation, or unprotected traits like uh, political party affiliation.
1: So you mentioned public accommodation. Were were Sanders' rights broken because of this decision by the owner?
0: No, absolutely not. Um, Very few places— Prohibit denying service based on political affiliation. So D.C. is one. It's probably one place in the country where you could imagine a restaurant that would be Republicans only. It's also not clear she was denied service based on party affiliation. So even in D.C. it doesn't look like there would have been discrimination. Rather, she was denied service because of things that she did as an individual, not about her protected trait, the membership in a group.
1: Eric, how did you react as, as this was all playing out
2: the last few days? Well, there's a, there's a couple of different levels. It's becoming, obviously, as you said, blown up into a big political issue. Uh, and uh, the first level, uh, relevant mostly to us at a business school, would be what is the business responsibility to uh, act on their moral beliefs? Right. So whatever those may be. And they are limited. So let's say you have a you know, you have an old fashioned moral belief that you are uh, that you're racist. And so you don't want to say it's my religious belief that I'm racist and I believe that very strongly. Therefore, I'm not going to serve uh, any people of color. That is not OK, because there are laws that put are put in place that uh, will p- penalize that if you're a public establishment and you're open to the public. There are categories that you are prohibited from. Uh, from uh, From excluding, and those are based on race, sex, ethnicity, religion, national origin, and then that can be expanded and some many jurisdictions expand that to include uh, uh, your sexual orientation or your gender expression, or as uh, Liz indicated, uh, the, a few places say politics is not to be excluded yeah. and so in d c if this happened, this would not be acceptable if in fact, the basis of the owner 's moral feelings was a political view, then we could in certain jurisdictions, we could say that's a, that's not legal. Now, in Virginia, where this happened in Lexington, Virginia, at uh, a small restaurant, it's not the law. And so on the legal level, it's pretty clear, as Liz indicated, that she is fully within her rights. Now, the legal side gets a little more problematic when you then look at what Sarah Huckabee Sanders did, because she's a public official. Right. And when she uh, tweeted out this incident and expressed uh, upset, there is some indication, uh, and we have the the former uh, ethics ethics experts in this area have said, wait, that's not okay because she's so powerful, right? So here's a small business, and it's ethically questionable whether – a, an official who's upset personally about something that right. happens if it's illegal, if it was a legal decision, to then t- tweet and attack that business. And then, uh, as we've seen in the past, the president of the United States escalates it even further right. and tweets out an attack on a small business. And so I think that's kind of the, – there's a lot of different levels going on here that I think are, are pumping the issue up. In, into the, in the into the public media, but it still raises a really important question about what what is the what's the moral responsibility of a firm in these cases? And I'll give you one other example that's a little more closely tied that just happened: uh, American Airlines, United Airlines, uh, Frontier, and I believe Southwest have all come together and said we will not transport uh, immigrant children in violate uh, because we are morally opposed to being complicit in. A policy that we feel extremely strongly is just fundamentally moral and and we as a company will not participate in advancing that. Now, you could say, well, hey, what well, that looks like civil disobedience. That's a political statement. But I actually personally believe that their moral position is correct. And even if they were ordered to and they said, no, we're not participating in something that we believe is fundamentally evil, that businesses do have to make these kinds of decisions. And unfortunately, we are in a world – I think we're usually in a world where businesses are always making that kind of moral call, like is this okay? Now, uh, there's another level uh, here, just to put it on the table, where a a lot of people are saying, well, what's the politically right thing to do? you know uh and and some people say you know well you shouldn't be we shouldn't have a lot of protests about people's politics and that sort of thing right. but i kind of come out on on that view i think that there's a there's a there's a there is a right i mean what i've read this this business owner did feel this as a moral issue right she also had as i understand the reports there were people who were serving employees in the restaurant who were gay as I understand it and so they do feel wait a second this is hypocritical how come we're sir here is someone who's representing administration that wants to allow discrimination based on moral beliefs against uh, against people based on sexual orientation mm-hmm. why don't we do the same thing in response so there's an employee management issue here there's a reputation issue with respect to the with with the uh, with with running a business and I also think it's a little bit hypocritical to say well well, this business can't make a moral determination, but we're certainly happy to have other businesses making moral determinations in terms of giving us campaign contributions or lobbying for this right. or that. So there's a little, so I think there's a lot here. It's a very interesting issue, and um, uh, politically, then there's a you know there's another level of this where everybody's saying, well, this is not where you should fight your political battles, right? You should fight your political battles. In the sp- public spaces where you're trying to convince people of the better arguments, and right. you focus on voters and that sort of thing, so you have some people like David Oxelrod coming out saying, "You know what? This is not the way to do it. You should really be focusing on But that's a different level. I think the more interesting level for for us at, at a place like Wharton is what's the moral responsibility of business, and I believe sometimes it's time. You know, there are times where you have to act on your moral judgments, and this may be one of those cases. Liz.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll pick up where, where Eric ended. I, I think that the one of the questions um, that's raised uh, in, in all these cases is the public-private divide and how meaningless, in some sense, it is. Right. right? Because David Axelrod was advancing a view of the public that's very limited. So the view of the government, you can petition uh, government officials, you can critique them ostensibly in the press, you can join in protests. And that's pretty much it. Um, But we know that the public is more than that, that we go out into spaces, into cafes, into bars, restaurants, civic organizations, and engage with other members on lots of different issues that have political valence. And we also know that officially public spaces have been shrinking over time. There's not a lot of public fora people go to shopping malls, they go to cafes instead of community centers that are city-owned. Um, and so public, that is government spaces, have been shrinking. Um, and so uh, we're in also in a moment where lots of members of our, who are elected, <laughs> our elected officials, which Sanders is not one, but she comes close, um, are just unwilling to face their constituents, right? So Senator Roy Blunt is one of my representatives, um, and he's not willing to hold town halls. He's not willing to meet with constituents. And so when people see him on airplanes or in restaurants, it seems actually quite right that they engage with him on issues that they care about. Um,
1: Similar uh, similar would be, Elizabeth, the fact that I guess uh, Kirsten Nielsen, who's the Homeland Security secretary uh, had protesters outside a restaurant in D.C., I believe it was, uh, when she was having dinner recently.
0: Right, exactly. These are the sorts of places where citizens can confront um, people who are making policy that affect them and affect their nation. Um, And that's where they'll be able to engage such people. Um, I also wanted to touch on I mean, there's some irony you had mentioned Masterpiece Cake Shop. There's some irony here in that many of the people who are sort of brandishing arms over the denial of service to Sarah Sanders had uh, sort of evoked two different principles in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. One was the notion that, you know what, the right rule is that businesses can refuse service right. to anyone right. unless that person can't go somewhere else so making an argument that we only need anti-discrimination law if there's a monopoly Um, that's clearly not the way that we've treated our anti-discrimination laws in the past but it's a very very strong felt sentiment by some people that businesses can deny service for any reason race ethnicity religion sexual orientation and the other um which of course is most of interest to eric uh, is that a business has not only moral or religious beliefs, but that a business also has moral or religious priorities. So over employees, over customers and the like. So that's quite different from what we're seeing in the Sarah Sanders case. And I would say, I mean, the ACLU, for instance, in Masterpiece relied on the public accommodations law, but they also said open to all means open to all. And that's the position they're taking in the Sarah Sanders case. While it might not be illegal, they sort of think it should be, that the, the law should go back to our old common law rule that if a business is public-facing and open to the public, everyone should be treated equally within those establishments. And we wouldn't have to be thinking about why they were refused service, whether it was in the list, a list um, included in a list and a statute. We would right. simply say she was denied service. She wasn't treated like other customers. That was wrong as a legal matter.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I think that David Cole, at least, the head of the ACLU, came out saying this is a general principle. But I, I wonder I, – I don't think they've come out and said, first, first of all, this is not going to be a case. There's not going to be uh, – Sanders is not going to take, take a lawsuit. The, the, the concern is that the president is now targeting this really small business. Sure. Yeah. And I think that leads into another question here where there's a misuse of power when you disagree with the business and then you use the authority and power of the president and sure. all his tweet followers to then target this poor small business. OK, m- maybe it even made a mistake in terms of the uh, principle that the ACLU wants to lay out. But it's that's another level of this. There's tweets about this. But at the meantime, we have other things. I, I mean, the president did not seem to care that much when we, there was a denial of service of uh, two um, two African-American men in Starbucks in Philadelphia. Philadelphia yep, uh, yep. There's a case now uh, uh, about uh, Chakisia Clemens in Alabama, where she was had a dispute with the with the Waffle House okay. and then the police were Called, and it's on video where three uh, white male police are tackling the woman to the ground and arresting her because apparently she was asking for the corporate number because they were going to charge her for, like, utensils or something. OK, so so there's an example of, like, <laughs> a lot of service problems in this country where right. – where you're not, you're not, the president doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like these people you're caring about, right? You're not, you're not caring about, uh, it, it, so there's a, there is a really big disconnect here where one person in the administration is harmed, is denied right. service, her feelings are hurt, and then we're making a big public debate about this. But meanwhile, there's a lot of things that are happening where, the basic there's denials of service there's discrimination right. there's even the police being called in right in business service situations and the trump tweeter uh, tweeter chief is not is not really seem to does not seem to be concerned about and,
1: that and that's the other thing El, is, is that obviously when you think of the scope of everything that eric just laid out this is night and day not as important as a lot of these other topics that are out there but then again In the kind of the culture we are in right now, it is seen as being important by both sides of the political aisle at this point. Uh,
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's important by both sides of the political aisle, but I mean, there is certainly uh, a victimization narrative that has no connection to actual facts because, as Eric said, I mean, the real issues in public accommodations discrimination that we're beginning to become a little bit more aware of, again, are certainly around race discrimination with black people primarily, but also Hispanics facing discrimination in public places, Um, religious discrimination. There um, was an incident in Oklahoma where a uh, military veteran actually went to a shooting range uh, and attempted to uh, shoot his gun there, um, and was denied service because he was a Muslim. Um, And they said some pretty horrible things about him. And there have been lots of cases involving religious headdress in nightclubs and restaurants. Um, There's been lots of discrimination, as we know, against same-sex couples, um, gay people uh, in lots of different venues, transgender people. Charlotte uh, Clymer um, posted on Twitter recently about... An experience she had in D.C. at a nightclub where she was asked to show I.D. in order to use the restroom um, to the transgender woman. Um, so we know that discrimination exists in this area. And it's another reason to, to think that political affiliation discrimination doesn't exist in public accommodations or it would be one of those listed traits. Um, that, again, outside of the District of Columbia, businesses haven't engaged in a history of denying service to members of a p- per- particular political party right. um, because our country fairly <clears throat> divided along party lines and you would lose about half of your possible customer base.
2: Yeah, along those lines, there's another example I think in the news that it indicates how far we, how extreme the current White House has become. Where uh, Joe Biden was on the campaign trail, and they they found some nice diner, and they were going to do a photo shoot, and the and the owner comes out and says, "Well, hey, you know, I don't really want this because I'm not like I'm not on your side." Yeah. So yeah. they just said, "Okay, you're right. You go away." Right. Right. There's a, the basic respect of businesses to have a position. And that's, I think, the grown-up thing to do. In this case, the police were not called. The owner came because the employees were upset about it. Yeah, she came in. She came to. They were. They were served the meal. She politely asked to talk with Sarah Huckabee Sanders outside of the. You know, she didn't embarrass her in front of the party that right. she was with, whoever that was. She said, "Look, I'm not comfortable with this. I have a moral." feeling about this. I'm sorry, but I'd really have to ask you to leave. And then she politely agreed to leave. She didn't yeah. say, well, no, we're, we've just been right. served. We're not she leaving. Just, Call she the just police. Left. Yeah. She agreed. And that's like what, what, what I think is uh, part of the risk. She's a public figure sure. and she's associated with what the administration is saying. Uh, it's on record. There's a lot of lying going on. It's on record that we, we have proven and, and both sides are now saying there's a big problem. And when you're separating kids from uh, parents at the border. And you can imagine something maybe more creative, but that would – I think people would have felt more confrontational. For example, the owner might have said, "Okay, well, you can have dinner here, but you're going to have to hear from – the waiters, because the waiters are really upset about your position on Masterpiece P- Case, and they're asking me how come we're serving you if you want other businesses to discriminate against people like us. Uh, now, maybe you can imagine creatively, maybe there could be a Casablanca-like uh, situation where you would imagine other people in right. the restaurant uh, c- getting up and expressing their views – uh, and then you could have had a big uh, a big problem, right? I mean maybe maybe that would be good. Maybe could, we could think about other creative ways. But we also have to remember here that there are lots of uh, spaces that are private where we where respect private clubs, an example, where the public can't just come in, right? Correct. So yeah. just to pick one big example, Mar-a-Lago admission price is 200 grand to become a member and i don't think and i think they use political determinations to determine whether you can go there and be having dinner around uh, uh with other uh, with other people of a like political stripe so i think it is uh, given the s- total structure of how we uh, uh, of how we um Organized going out to dinner and ha- and, and, and and such, and Lizard mentioned we have a shrinking public space. It really is. It is really making a mountain out of uh, something that's relatively small here to say that a business in this circumstance can't 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 deal with the issue. And I think if you look at the actual details of the interaction, it doesn't strike me as that. Big a deal. Like if you're a small yeah. business owner and you have a, a political view and you would prefer the person not be there, and you politely ask them not to. Just to add the, a couple other examples to point, make the point, there's lots of reasons why business why business could refuse someone if they came in with <clears throat> expletive Trump or expletive whatever whatever on on the other side you know a business could say yeah. wait a second we you know we have a dress code here we, like this is not okay with us or someone's protesting they come in in kkk outfits right and the, the business doesn't have a have, have a, a obligation i guess maybe in dc but even there it seems like there, if there's a provo- provocation businesses would have rights to make a moral judgment about who to serve when it's right. an extreme kind of situation unfortunately today we're, the extreme situation is, um, has been expressed uh, at, the, at the highest levels of the government. So I think, I think it's good for, gov- for businesses to make, be making this kind of determination. And then it's also good to think about, okay, what's the best way to do it, right? What's the best way to express your views and to have the most ex- effective expression With, of your views?
1: Which, Liz, I, I guess it, it, when it's all said and done, obviously the, the, the level of importance, again, on this is not as high as some of the other ones. But it's important to have this discussion because there are so many instances of these types of cases popping up, you know, uh, across the the United States. Eric mentioned what happened with the the gentleman here in Philadelphia at the Starbucks. These are things that happen more and more often, you know, every month that really haven't gotten a lot of attention in the years past, but maybe it will start to get attention so we can have this discussion moving forward.
0: Yes. I I think uh, it would be a great outcome if, Uh, people who are currently supporting Sanders came to a position that the legal rule that they support is equal access for all. And I think that's a question worth asking people who are uh, offended by what happened to Sarah Sanders is whether they would support such a law, right? A state could easily enact a law requiring businesses to serve people equally, treat people equally. It would still allow, as Eric said, Businesses to have rules, right? No shirt, no shoes, no service. Um, But it would prohibit them from treating anyone uh, unequally. I suspect that they wouldn't support such a rule. So then the question is, what's different about this case? Um, And and the answer probably isn't particularly appealing. It's actually kind of interesting because in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, um, in the sort of parade of horribles, that was trotted forward by um, those representing the bakery was, well, because the bakery has such a strong objection to same-sex marriage, you can't possibly require the bakery to serve a same-sex couple, provide them with a cake here um, because he'd have to act against his moral beliefs. And if you go down that road, businesses are going to have to serve Nazis, right? Cater Nazi events, take photos of Nazi events and so on, Um, right? Not a great argument because Nazis don't fall within protected classes, Um, maybe in DC, but probably not. Um, And so not a great argument there, but the suggestion here seems to be that that's the right rule, Um, that if the Nazis show up to your business, you should have to serve them, right? And that is sort of a good analogy here because as the business owner was saying, They wanted to have the ability to impose some repercussions for political acts taken by this administration.
2: yeah, uh, Jessica, uh, on a bigger level, I think that it's uh, it's also a, important to think about the response that the White House is having to this. And it fits a pattern where I think business owners have to really look at themselves and say, we have to be ready to take the heat if we are making a moral judgment. Because this is not right. the first time when the president of the United States, which is, as I, as I understand it, completely unethical, especially when you're just picking on a really small business like this. To say, well, you're – you know, I think the tweets are saying things like you're filthy or dirty. I mean it's almost as if we're in a castle block on time where Trump is calling for this place to be shut down, which is what happened after the – I don't know if you know the movie. But after there's the you know, the Marseille is sung against yeah. the Nazis being there, and then, then, uh, then, the, then they shut down the place. But it's, the, the question I think for, mo- for business people is, in my view – uh, is that you have to take a stand and you have to be ready if you really believe morally you will not be complicit in some action or you will take a political stand in some way you have to be ready to take the political cost and it is not okay to have the president of the United States targeting businesses for what they're uh, what right. they're legally allowed to uh, be doing and it's
1: and, and, and it's almost it's really the comments by the president more so than than Sarah Sanders and her response uh, on Twitter after although as you mentioned there are some questions about the ethics of of doing that tweet, but again, it's more the comments well, of the president. Exactly
2: because it's so, it's millions of people, right? It's right. like he's the better, he's the Twitterer in chief, Twitter, tweet, uh, whatever, tweeter, Twitter, tweeter, tweeter in, in chief. chief. But the thing is, now there are, there are threats against this business. Yeah. It's a small business. Well, it's and, just, it's, and it's, it's the, unethical language, and it's the language that someone. was
1: used as well.
2: You're targeting a really yeah. small business, and Lexington, Virginia, is trying to do their best and yeah. is trying to be polite, too, but also express their views. And then there, she's being targeted, you know, could, have, could have threats against her, et cetera. It's, it's completely unacceptable to use the power of the president in that way.
1: Great having you both here. Eric, great seeing you. Thank you for coming in. Thanks Thank a lot. as always. Liz, great to have you on the phone with us as well. Thank you. Thank
0: you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.